and welcome to Piece of Me, the podcast by Zalando. I'm Janine Matos, your host and Senior Portfolio Manager for Partner Services here at Zalando. In each episode, I welcome an inspirational expert from Zalando to take a deep dive into the fashion and tech retail industry and also share lots of practical tips and trends to help you on your own career and work journey. By the way, if you're interested in careers at Zalando, click the link to our job page in the show notes. On the show, each guest brings in three items as they reveal their motivation, stories, and what they've learned along the way. A piece that is close to their heart, one from their career, and one from their time at Zalando. My guest today is Kenneth Melcher, VP Lounge by Zalando. Hi, Kenneth. Welcome. How are you today? I'm great. Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here on the show. So, Kenneth, before we go into detailed conversation, just list first the three items that you brought for me and for the audience. Happy to. So I brought um, a cup, which is used for Kiddush Friday nights in a Jewish home. It's a cup I inherited from my grandfather. That's an interesting story I'm going to tell you about. Then I brought um, a Salando cup. Uh, we use for coffee for a different story. And then I bought uh, also a book. It's a legal book from back when I studied. Wow. Before we go into those pieces, let's talk a little bit about you. You at Zalando, you recently changed for, as a VP Nordic Markets to the lounge by Zalando. How is it going at lounge? Tell me about lounge a little bit. Actually, I have to go one step back. Because actually, I had a, a step in between um, because I've been with Zalando almost seven years and I've had the privilege to work in quite a few parts of the organization with quite a lot of talented people. So I started as, a, let's say, a GM of the Nordics, and then that became Northern Europe, which meant that I also got the Benelux and UK and Ireland uh, as part of the region. And then I had also um, the joy of working in corporate development team where I was uh, leading the B2C strategy and also M&A. And then I also had a second role as a VP for Recommerce, so the second hand. And all of that was last year. And then by the beginning of this year, I joined Lounge and said goodbye to all the other things and then moved to Lounge. That has been great fun to see so many parts of the organization. I mean, joining Lounge is also really, it's a lot of fun. It's really great. It's an amazing team. And, you know, in Zalando terms, it's quite a small business, right? Looking at the, the amount of people, but actually it's, a, it's an incredible big business, right? And we are around 600 people with the studios and we can just move extremely fast. So that's what I really love there is that it, it reminds me a bit of when I joined the, the rest of Zalando in, in 2016, that, you know, ambitions are high and we can just move really fast, execute, test and learn. Great group of people. So really enjoy it. The campaigns only are alive for a couple of days, right? So Lounge, as you say, has this amazing thing where you come in every day and you, you see new offers. Uh, and the offers are usually live three to four days. So you can also find a campaign from yesterday and the day before and so on. They just usually are, are let's say, lower in the ranking. But what we're trying to do is, is of course, to have this treasure hunt where you're looking and, and you, you find amazing gems. But we're also always testing, right? If you go into Lounge now, you will see that there are more options to filter brands or or categories. And this is something we, we always do going back to what I love in Lounge, like we can be so fast. So we just, oh, here's an idea, we test it. So we're going to move and we're going to try new things. So keep coming back, both for good deals, but also for, uh, let's say, new customer experiences. You can tell that you are testing and improving and, and changing the customer journey yeah, to the better. <laughs> I mean, I hope that's why we test, right? And I mean, you and your team, you made it possible with the re-commerce also now going into that direction. I mean, we are selling on one platform, 
brand new clothes. But in parallel, you can also just check for secondhand clothes and buy them also there. And since they are checked by the teams internally, you know that they are in a very good condition. Fully agree. And again, you also feel the energy. And if you ever have a chance, you should visit the pre-owned uh, team, as they are called. It's an amazing team with a lot of good ideas of how we can, uh, can make this bigger. Overall, e-commerce is a huge topic and trends are coming. Artificial intelligence is everywhere. Is there an overall direction that you can maybe see that e-commerce will have to be looking more into in the near future? It's a big question. And I think the most important part is, right, never stand still. Test and learn. And we see trends coming all the time. I mean, there is a metaverse. There is AI. There are different things. And going back in time, we've also heard about Second Life and and whatever there was back in the days um, when I grew up, right? And some of these trends will for sure remain and be successful. Others will move away. And I think what we in the industry in e-commerce have to do is I think that the customer expectation has increased massively over the years, right? From the time where it's like, hey, I can order something online. It actually comes to my address. That's incredible. I think now it's moved, right? And the bar is increasing by a lot of the big players like Zalando, by players like Amazon and so on. So you expect the convenience to be fast, reliable. You expect the description, the pictures, the imagery, everything to become much more concise. And I think that's what we will see, that customers will expect almost the impossible from the companies. Um, and then you really have to be personalized and localized. So we talked about payment methods and so on. And obviously, in a country, you want all of the main carriers, you want all of the main payment methods. You would like the assortment to be curated to you if it's in fashion. And, and you also want to, or you expect that the company, you give us a lot of data and you expect that we use that data in a good way to give you a much better experience. And I think we've all talked about personalization over the past years, but I think there is a lot to do in the coming years to make it really personalized. So I think that's really one element, AI, keep testing. And then I think there's the whole element around sustainability across all e-com. How do you incorporate that into your business model? If you go in fashion, I don't think there's a company starting in Nordics almost today in fashion that doesn't have a plan for how the item they produce will leave the world. And I think that's going to be a new thing if you look at how e-com started 15 years ago. I think now it's a very different model. And I think a lot of the more established companies will really have to learn from the, the new companies because I think they'll approach many of these things very differently. So to not lose too much more time on the items, let's start with the first cup that you said was given to you by your grandfather. Yes. So you asked me for something that's close to my heart. And I think... I'm a big family man, so it would be obvious to talk about, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. I have an amazing wife and three amazing kids, two dogs. I could keep on going, but it would be a little bit too predictable, I think. So one thing that's also really close to my heart is, is this cup. And um, I said it was something I inherited from my grandfather. And he was or is one of my biggest role models. He's not alive anymore, but, you know, still um, I, I look very much up to him. And it's a cup that you use in, in Judaism. So Friday evenings when Shabbat starts, so... Very quickly, in Judaism, you have Shabbat, Friday evening to Saturday evening, which is basically the, the day of rest. And at our place, Friday evenings, it sort of marks, let's say, this transition from the work week into ah, calming down, relaxing. And what we do is we, we, we bless uh, candles, we bless the wine and bread. And this is traditions. And then we have a normal dinner and then we, you know, watch cartoons. Uh, but this is sort of just like a ceremony that we always do. And it, it's really close to my heart. And for the, for the wine, you have this traditional cup. And I got one from my grandfather when he passed, which he got in 1958. And, but it, it's just like a reminder of him. And why he's my role model 
is because he lived a very rich life. In his career, he was a successful businessman. He became a politician, was a minister in the Danish parliament twice. Like he had a, an amazing career, but throughout all of that, he never compromised on his values. And as a child of the war also and a refugee, I think what was really close to his heart was always to stand for people who were less fortunate than, than he was. So he would care about the bigger things in life and would always talk about, you know, the opposite of goodness is not evil, it's indifference. So you have to make a stance, but also in the smaller things. So, you know, just have an open home, would invite people over, would care for high as well as low in the company, right? It doesn't matter who you talk to, they're all important. And I think those values are something that was really installed in me and that I really look up to. So being a child, you know, we would go to the synagogue sometimes on Saturdays, we would have a lunch with, at his place after. And then he would just like, if you were there, he'd be like, hey, I haven't seen you in the synagogue before. Why are you here? Hey, I'm just curious. I wanted to see what the synagogue is. Well, why don't you come for lunch? And then, you know, we would have these people over. And sometimes, to be fair, it would be annoying when you're a child, right? But I think all of these values were really installed in me. And, and what's also fun is that I remember when he passed, uh, there was a girl from an, an embassy, uh, Danish embassy, said that he would travel. He would always come to the kitchen and say thank you for the dinner to the people who worked in the kitchen. Uh, and they've never seen that before. And, and these kind of things, always thinking about everyone, is something that we also try to pass on. So when we go to a restaurant, we actually send the kids to the kitchen to say thank you. Which is just not always appreciated, I have to say, but it's quite funny. So a long story to say, I think a lot of these values is, is what's also what I try to, to pass on to my family and to my teams. I think he also said always that he wanted to live for the fullest. So on his gravestone, it says basically, it was never boring. That's how he lived. And I think that's also something that I, uh, I aspire to. From the Close to Your Heart Cup to the Zalando Cup, which you already kind of mentioned that it has something to do with your time in the Nordics markets. Exactly. So... Going back in the Nordics and again saying, I think we were part of this disruption and, and, and creating history. And one of the years in the beginning, we had like a very ambitious target. Back then, we wanted to do 500 million for the year. And um, we didn't believe in it at first. But then as the year you know, evolved, like, oh, we're getting really close. And I was like, yeah, we have to, to do something to celebrate. We didn't have money for a big party. And instead of having just a small you know, get together, like, how can we give people something that they can take with them? Because... They are not all going to stay here for many years, right? So, so we wanted to create like a coffee cup and then it would say 500 and a symbol. Now, we were then <laughs> booking these uh, and then the last weeks of the year were not great. So we ended at 497. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, so we had to change it and we can like 497 and then almost there, which I think for me was, uh, it's, it's also a little testament to, I think, the, the humor that we had that everybody would really then laugh at this. And I mean, it was an amazing achievement so for me, it's just a reminder of a time where we set us these unattainable almost targets. You know, I think this was before the OFMs were, were coined, but the way of acting like an owner that I saw in that region back in the time was just incredible. And you had all of these smart people. And I remember coming, and I'm happy that I had these learnings from my grandfather. Do you talk to everyone? Because like high and low people here were so amazingly gifted and smart. And I think just... It was really fun and hard work and great results. Um, so, so that's why that cup is a cherished uh, memory for me. Yeah, and I, I like how you really also just took the fun into it. Okay, you didn't achieve the 500. Exactly. I mean, we, we set a high target and we almost went there. And now everybody can remember those stories. So, uh, so it's good. And you just mentioned OFM. For everyone who's listening and doesn't know about this, 
OFM stands for our founding mindset, meaning we have we have different values. How do we work? Like one of them, act like an owner or always put yourself in a customer's shoes so that we do not think about us as a retailer, but actually what do they actually want? Yeah, or be your team's biggest fan. And and I think for people not used to it, it might sound, hmm, okay, is that really important? But it, it truly is because, I mean, when you're a small company and you know everyone, it's easier to, let's say, ensure a culture, right? When you're a huge company like Zalando is today, you need some kind of guiding principles, guiding values. Um, and there are really some amazing lines in there. Um, if I'm not mistaken, you can actually find them on our Zalando jobs website. So on jobs.zalando.com. So if you're anyway already looking for a position, you know where to find it. And there you can even see it in our OFM. So you have two in one on that website. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, the third and last item that you brought is a legal book. That's my career item. So basically, back in the days, I, I studied law. And I think I realized that being a lawyer is not like on the TV shows. So it wasn't really what I wanted to it's do. It's not Ellie McBeal? No, or Suits or whatever they're called. But it's still very fascinating. I love how law works, that you're always trying to, let's say, protect somebody, right? Usually the weaker part has a certain kind of protection. And also it's not a given outcome. Law is about argumentation. It's about interpretation. So what I started doing with law was I started teaching. And this is actually where I want to go with the career story. Because I started in teaching because I did other work, but I, I wanted to keep law, let's say, tough of mind or keep it fresh. So I was teaching at university and some business class courses and so on. But what's really funny about teaching is in order to teach, you have to know your, your stuff. And then we had these open sessions with like sometimes 30, 40 people, sometimes 100 people. But when you then open up, especially in law for discussion, you will meet some really smart people and they will expose you if you don't know your stuff. And they will also challenge your thinking, even though if you think you know your stuff. And that learning experience was incredible for me, like working and sometimes being really on thin eyes and think, wow, that was a great argument. How can I come back on that one? And I think that has really helped me in my career because then you stand up there, you have to deliver knowledge. You have to do it in a way so everybody can follow it in a big group. You have to keep it exciting, but you also have to be ready for all kinds of answers and questions because the outcome is not given. It's not like a math equation where we know the result. This can go in many directions. And I think that for me was always a huge joy. I think when you sometimes would have people come and say, wow, you explained it. Now I understand it. I remember that feeling also from being a student when you had good teachers that would do that. And I wasn't a great teacher in the beginning. I think hopefully I got better. That is something that I've always cherished. And I think that's really helpful, whatever you do in your life and your career, right? Whether you're a salesperson, whether you're working a big corporate and need to get stakeholders to, to understand what you want to achieve, but also taking Zalando. And for those of you who do not work here, like we, we write a lot of documents, we write papers as a good way to structure thinking, to, to discuss. And that means that you have to really be able to be challenged by everyone saying, hmm, have you thought about this? I think that was just something I got from teaching. So that's, I think, one of the most important things in my career was that I, I tried to pass on learning and then I got so much back. So that would be something that I would uh, recommend to everyone. And I really like how you also just mentioned that at Zalando, actually, we, we don't have this really waterfall principle. Like everyone can share their voice and their opinion and challenge anything. We learn from each other. It doesn't matter sometimes what position you are. I mean... Yes, exactly. And I think also what it also symbolizes for me is continuous learning, because when, you, when you're teaching or when you're doing, you have to keep the content fresh, right? You have to be on top of all changes. And I think that's what we also have in this industry. We move so fast. 
My next and last question before we would actually wrap up was to ask you to give some tips or tricks for the audience. I actually feel you kind of already started doing that with your teaching story. Yeah, I think even connecting what I what I learned then from my grandfather is I think be authentic, be you. And I think you don't have to be somebody else. You can wear your your heart on your sleeve and and have a great uh, business career, right? And I think sometimes people think, oh, I have to change because oh, I can't talk about my family or I can't prioritize this. I have to do this and that and so on. No way. Be you, be authentic and find your own style and then you'll be uh, successful. Um, but I think that's what I've taken and that's probably my, my, my best advice. And then I said, as a small trick, you know, the teaching part for me was just... Uh, incredibly helpful in uh, developing skills that I think we can all use in, uh, in our professional and private Amazing. lives. Thank you very much, Ken, for being my guest today. My pleasure. Thank you all so much for listening. If you'd like to know more about careers at Zalando, go to jobs.zalando.de. You'll find that link in the show notes. Or check out our Instagram page, Inside Zalando, and leave a comment about the episode you just listened to. Our next episode is coming in two weeks and I'll be talking to another guest from Zalando about life inside the fashion and tech retail industry. And of course, there are three pieces of me.